You're listening to the Make Life Epic Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Today, welcome to the podcast. We have Eric DePaula and Blake Bender, the owners, extraordinaire of CrossFit Society in Solana Beach. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Jim. Yeah, glad you guys are glad you guys were available and able to get on Skype and everything else. And you I got anything, anything. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, good. I'm going well, to deliver, I'll deliver <laughs> you a Christmas far. list later on. Well, honestly, you've done enough for me already. You put bench press in the competition <clears throat> this weekend. I mean, that's like the greatest thing in the in the history of things. I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty up there. That's for sure. That's Were for you sure. guys laughing when you did that? Were you like, we know one person who's going to love this? You know, you know, it's funny how like everyone has their has their thing, and uh, it's like as we write that that stuff up, there's definitely people lingering lingering in the back of our mind in it. Um, and uh, you were definitely you were definitely on the you know in the conversation as we were drawing those things up. Awesome. You're trying to think what could Jim do? <laughs> Period. <laughs> and you didn't want to have a competition to stand up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so CrossFit, CrossFit is really, as you both know, has really changed my life in the last year. I love it. It's fantastic. Eric and Blake are awesome coaches, relatively humorous guys as well. Um, and I know that you guys are from Sacramento, but now you live in San Diego. What, how did you guys, how, tell us about your background. How did you get down here? What, what happened? And Eric, if you have any embarrassing stories about Blake, this would be a great time to lay those out. I doubt, I doubt there's any. You know, you know, surprisingly, uh, I think Blake remembers a lot of our younger days a lot better than I do. Um, usually because I feel like he was the one that was the uh, culprit of our embarrassing moments. No way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised by that? Yeah. But I'll, I will say um, in terms of the background and everything. Uh, yeah. So basically, um, you know, we grew up together and and uh, lived, you know, five houses down from from one another and such. So. Um, obviously we're, you know, just do all the usual stuff that you would do when you're young and competing and things like that in sports and, and whatnot. What sports did you guys then, do? So for, for me, um, I did, uh, primarily mm-hmm. golf and then basketball and soccer. Golf? You played golf? Yeah, I was a golfer. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. So for anybody who's listening, you have to understand Eric is like, Six three ripped and huge, and Blake is like six one ripped and huge. You'd be surprised, surprised to hear I wasn't a uh, young young male model growing up, huh? I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, you play golf. That's just crazy. All right, good for you. Yeah, yeah. So my dad was big into golf, and that was kind of like my thing with him to spend time with him and everything. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, I started when I was real little. Like I didn't know at the time that um, he would take me on the golf course, and I was like six years old. And it was just the time for him to go out and get drunk with his buddies nice. like on Saturday. And I had no clue, but I was just out there just <laughs> whacking it around, you know, so I had a good time. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but I was uh, I was pretty self-taught. And then, you know, just kind of went from there. But, um, yeah. And, and what, then, what about you, Blake? What did you play? Uh, yeah. So when I was when I was real young, um, I was a competitive gymnast as well as soccer player. Um, that kind of got to the point where both were big enough commitments that I couldn't continue, in, continue doing both at the same time, just because it's, you know, four days a week in gymnastics for a few hours and then soccer, you know, two days a week of practice and then weekends for, for tournaments and such. 
eventually it turned out I wasn't that good at gymnastics. And so I stuck with soccer, um, played year round up until, you know, I was 18, played a year of uh, soccer at the uh, division three community college level. Um, moved on from that as I was just kind of burnt out on the whole process. Um, you know, gotten to, to rock climbing for about a year as my main athletic outlet. Um, and eventually just kind of got into found CrossFit and, and really dove headfirst into that. But so did you find it? Did you guys find it together or did you find it first and tell Eric about it? Yeah, I, I actually found it first. I, I don't know if it was like probably a year to two years or so that I was <clears> involved in, in training it. And really it was, it was really highly self-taught. Like when I got into CrossFit, it wasn't the, it wasn't the mania that it is today with right. affiliates on every single corner. It, it was really like no one had ever, ever heard of it. Um, and actually my, my girlfriend now fiance first like mentioned it to me because she happened to stumble upon the CrossFit games, um, in Aromas, California where she, it's right next to uh, Santa Cruz. And so she was visiting a friend, um, and said, Oh, there's this big event going on. You should check it out. You might be interested in it. And then I, you know, we looked into it and, and, you know, it just kind of unraveled from there. Huh. And then Eric, did you start it soon thereafter? And was this all in Sacramento? Or was this when you guys were down here? Yeah. So originally it was in Sacramento. Um, so it's funny because yes, Blake's uh, fiance now girlfriend at the time is actually the one who kind of discovered it and then, you know, got him into it or he started looking into it and then he started to have me look into it. And it's funny because if you ask Blake about that whole process, he'll tell you that, you know, I was one of the biggest uh, skeptics in the beginning. Uh, I was really? probably, yeah, I was one of the hardest people to, to uh, kind of get into it and dive into it because I was very, very stuck in my ways and, at the time, at the time in college, um, this was back in like maybe 2009 or so. And, uh, and at the time I was in college, I was in San Diego already. I came to San Diego for college and I was already doing, I was playing tons of basketball. That was kind of my main thing at the time. I was competing a lot in basketball and then just lifting weights and, and doing stuff for kind of general, you know, general fitness and trying to get stronger for basketball. <clears throat> And that's when Blake introduced this to me and he's like, Hey, this would be really good for you. And, uh, I was just so skeptical. I don't know why in the beginning, uh, I was just like, no, man, I got to do my bicep curls and my, you know, my bench press. And, and, uh, too, that like we grew up, we grew up in the gym at the same time. Like I can recall getting my first, uh, my first membership to 24 hour fitness when I was in the seventh grade or yeah, we were, I think sixth grade. Even. We were maybe like 12 years old you know, when we first started. And, and even before that I was, uh, you know, being in gymnastics with a lot of strength background. And so it takes years to, to develop this stuff. And, and we were, you know, in that world and, and worked really hard in that for, for years before we even got into, you know, whatever you want to refer to it as CrossFit or functional training and so on and so forth. So then how did you get from, so then at this point, so Eric, you're in, you're in San Diego. Where did you go to school? I went to San Diego State. Gotcha. And then, um, and then you just convinced Blake to move down here? More or less. So, yeah, so that was a couple of years down the road, but it kind of lined up where, um, you know, his fiance got into grad school down here. Gotcha. And then it's something that we had talked about. So post-college, post I actually went off to Spain for a little bit, and I was working my first job post-college in Spain. Of course you were. Or am I not and, surprised uh, about that? Yeah, I just, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do, like whether it was in college or post-college, I wanted to go live in Spain for a little bit. It was just a, a, kind of a goal of mine. Eric but, is a very cultured person, for those of you listening. Uh, yeah, well, he's all about the culture. Yeah, I mean, if you understand, uh, you know, my family upbringing and all that stuff, like my dad, you know, my dad's from Brazil, and so I kind of have that side where I wanted to I wanted to experience that a little yeah, bit. That's, that's cool. That's super cool. Um, but no, but we always... 
when you know even when I was abroad, we had always talked about doing something like this. It was kind of always on the back burner, and we had we had discussed it and been like, hey, you know, it's it's a possibility. Like, is it kind of seemed far fetched initially, and it was just like something where I was like, hey, that'd be that'd be awesome if we could do it. So how did it, so then tell me that. So then how did it actually start? Like who, what was that first conversation where you guys were like, Hey, let's do this. Like, what well, was that I, like? I think that it began even like, just like he had kind of mentioned almost informally to a certain extent. I had, I had been coaching at a CrossFit facility for probably about two years up in Sacramento. Um, you know, I was in, I was at school. I went from the community college program in Sacramento to UC Davis. Um, I was coaching, coaching, you know, group classes and a little bit of one-on-one personal training in Sacramento. Um, but I was already kind of pretty engulfed in that, in that world of things. And so at the same time, we actually had a third business partner when we started off. So Eric and Eric and our uh, previous business partner were, were figuring out how they were going to make things work. And Eric was just kind of talking me through that process. Um, eventually the stars did pretty much align and it was like my, my girlfriend of, you know, five years or whatever, got into grad school down here in San Diego. I'm sitting here thinking like, well, what's my, what's my next step in things and, and how do I want to move on? And, you know, things were getting to where I probably could have, have uh, had greater responsibility at the facility I was coaching at. Um, but, you know, we decided that we wanted to kind of start our own thing together and, and grow from there. That's cool. And then, so why'd you do it? Like, what do you, what, what about running a CrossFit gym do you guys like? Because you guys, I mean, I, I mean, I run into a lot of different people and you guys seem to genu- genuinely, you're just not awesome at what you do, which you clearly are, but you actually really seem to like what you do. Like on Mondays when I'm in there, like you guys are stoked, you know, like yeah. most, most people, you know, dread Mondays and you guys seem to really <laughs> dig what you do. So why do you do it? Well, I'll say this. Most of my days, whether it's Monday or Friday, they all feel pretty similar in terms of, you know, I love coming in here and it's always, it's always a good time and just hanging out and stuff. That's kind of how it feels like to me. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think initially the thought of getting into it and, and, uh, and why we did it, um, for me in college, it kind of developed into more of a passion in terms of, you know, fitness and just, I I really enjoyed being on more of the educational side Mm -hmm. in terms of kind of passing that off to other folks. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely a big believer that, you know, to be able to do that and kind of have more of that mentoring like role that you have to know those things very intimately yourself first. Right. And, uh, I just feel like naturally Blake and I are just that type of people where, you know, if we want to, if we want to put our efforts into something and we want to, you know, really, 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 uh, learn something well, like we're going to, we're going to never stop trying to learn and get better and things like that. And so it was kind of just like a natural process of, um, you know, once we got into CrossFit and we saw the benefit of it and you know what it can do for somebody with the impact on their lives and everything, then it kind of just went from there and started rolling, you know? Right on. And then, so you said before that you, you were very skeptical of it when you first started, when Blake first told you about it. So was there a moment for you where you were like, wow, this is actually, this stuff is actually, actually works and it's awesome. Like, yeah. Did you have kind of a moment when that happened or was it just kind of a gradual process? Um, I wouldn't say I had a, well, there might've been Mm -hmm. a moment when, one of the first workouts that Blake had me do was, uh, was Fran. So one of the first ones was Fran. And then I think one of the other, what a nice guy, Blake, what a way to break him in. (laughs) Yeah. What that, like, like he said too, at that time, it was all like trial and error. We we just, we didn't really know what we were doing. So we were kind of just like figuring out on the fly. I'll tell you you what, like we had, we had both the best and the worst possible introduction to this stuff. I got into it and I was just like balls deep into this stuff. 
for lack of a better term. But <laughs> through that, I love it. I love it when someone, <laughs> says, someone swears or says something inappropriate before I do, because now I can just say fuck. Yeah, you know, I hope the right. It's no that's problem. out of the bag, Jim. Uh, the bag. But the, yeah, just the reality is, is that <laughs> we start off in this traditional route of like, you come into a facility, people how you teach you to do these exercises on their own. Like we got, you know, particularly myself, I got into it by looking up workouts online and going and doing them and just trashing myself. Fortunately, I was 19 years old and super resilient, so I'm not going to be able to injure myself and break myself down the way a, you know, a 40 year, how old are you again, Jim? 45 years old. The way a 45 year old man. (laughs) So really, instead of just breaking myself down, it was like, beat yourself up. But it was it was trial by fire, and you and you learn you learn things really intimately that way. Um, probably not the most direct, efficient way of going about things, but shoot, you you get to know it really, really well. So that's cool. That's super cool. So all right. So what do you think? I mean, obviously you've got guys like me who've had surgeries and whatever else, and are on the older scale, and then you've got young people like you know like Caitlin and Katie and. Jake and all those guys, what do you think the three biggest benefits are of doing CrossFit? If you can encapsulate it into three things, what would they be? Yeah, you know, I think in in my experience, particularly in working with just the general population of, of people, the biggest thing in, in my eyes is just like the building building a confidence in your physical self. Um, you know, like getting, getting the sense that like your physicality, your ability to do something is never going to be a limitation for you. Right. Um, and I think, I just think that's something that people that have it really take for granted. Um, and you know, I know that's something that, that is never a second thought for myself as far as like, Oh, let's go do such and such activity. There's no, there's never a question for me as to whether I can physically do those things. Right. Um, and I, that's really a, a, really a powerful thing, particularly for those who are getting a sense of that. And they are worried about whether they're going to be able to, you know, play with their children or, or, you know, go and go and participate in a recreational sport or whatever the case may be, but right. just build self-confidence you know yeah i will add to that um it is pretty amazing just the the changes and kind of the shifts that we see in terms of people's personalities and just the the confidence and everything because you know you come into our setting and it's we all know it's not easy and it's a lot of hard work and it's consistency and things like that that go into being successful (laughs) and we kind of preach those things and let people know that you know this is what it takes there's no magical pill and stuff like that but when you do accomplish those things, you feel, you know, you feel like there's some worth there. There's some self-worth. So, um, I think that's, that's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. I would say like just my own experience. I mean, I think that that's so true. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> funny because like, I mean, I've done so many sports in my life. Well, I mean, I played lacrosse in college and football and, you know, my whole life and surfed and hoop and everything else. But CrossFit is so unique. I think in the sense that it's one of the only things I've ever done where, it's such a confidence builder, like, because you, you get to write on the board at the end of the workout. Like for those of you who don't know CrossFit, I mean, at the end of the day, you write your name on the board and you write exactly what you did and the weight and everything else. And so you can see your trend, you know, your transformation over time from where you started and what you did in the squat, you know, six months ago to what you're doing now. And it, yeah. it, it's a huge confidence builder. I mean, cause you're throwing weight around and especially for a guy, like no joking, a guy my age who's, you know, I know a lot of people my age who, you know, their, their only exercise is golf, you know, cause they can't yeah. do anything else. And, and, um, and Blake, to your point, you know, I think it's really, it's really, it's really true. Like I always want to be able to like, if, you know, if someone walked in, if Michael Jordan walked into my office right now and said, Hey, let's go play basketball, which obviously is probably not going to happen. Um, well, maybe, not. maybe not 
only because he probably doesn't know where my office is, not because he yeah. wants to be on the team. He's just, trying to get touched right now. He's probably now. trying to get touched with me right now. But you know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to go and play. I never want to be in the situation where if someone said, let's go do this, or let's do this hike, or let's go run it, or whatever. I, I don't ever want to be in a situation where my, like, I wouldn't be able to do it because of my body. Like, you know, if I can't do it because I'm doing something else and I don't have time where that's one thing, but I don't want to be, I, I never want to be the guy who says like, no, I don't want to go surf today because I'm not in shape. Cause I can't yeah. stand those people like that. That just drives me nuts. If sure. people sure. like that, cause you don't, you don't have to be like that. Um, so we also have, uh, we have a lot of li- uh, women listeners as well. So what do you think the unique benefits are for women who do CrossFit? Like what's the big thing that women get out of this? Because as you know, I'm not a woman. <laughs> um, I, I'm not so sure. Of that. Um, we'll, Just because I wear a lot of tank we'll tops. Further later on, yeah, you we'll know, have to get back to you on that one. I think, I think, kind of <laughs> like at least, at least in my world and, and what I'm exposed to every day in the gym, there's. It just seems like that that CrossFit is is kind of initiating a bit of a culture change um, when it comes to the attitudes of women and being strong and physical and, and all those those things in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it obviously it may not be visible on every component of every, you know, in everything out there in the world, but it is in it is in my experience and where I'm I am at at it in everyday basis. Um, but you know, just developing kind of an identity around strength and being capable is is pretty empowering. And I don't, you know, I don't care whether so much it's male or female, but I think everyone who is putting themselves in a position where they're having to go through trials and tribulations, whether those are physical things like we do in the, in the gym. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty empowering to, to see someone be able to come out, come out on the other side. And, you know, it's, it's just creating that culture change. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Eric, what about you? What do you think? Um, I would say, I would say for most women, especially, and, and it kind of goes, this, this goes, uh, both ways for just the general folk as well. But, and this is going to be kind of my second piece too to the the three major benefits. But um, I would say for a lot of women, just getting the exposure to doing weight training is a, is a big piece because not only is it that shift in the um, the actual you know kind of um, depiction of what a woman should be like, but also um, the same thing in terms of like creating stability and you have the difference in hormonal uh, balances from a, a woman to a man. And how it's really important for them to have some strength training so they can create stability and, and health and stuff like that. And I would say even, uh, you know, as far as to as you get older, it's really important as well. Like you were talking about how you want to be able to go out and just do anything at any given time. Well, think about not only the, uh, you know, the weight training aspect of, of CrossFit, but also the movement side in terms of your mobility and range of motion. Right. And how much more mobile you are now and the things that you can apply that to. I feel like those things are very important, you know. Right. And so I think that not only for, you know, females and both uh, both uh, males as well, it's, it's just a, it's a big piece to it. So, yeah. And I think it, I think what's really cool about your place is, um, you know, the women who work out in there, I think it like kind of what you're you were saying earlier and one of the reasons I love bringing my daughters in to watch classes because they see strong women and they see women yeah. who are like, you know, that, that are strong and yeah. they're not the typical Encinitas or I shouldn't say that God, I probably should, I should probably edit that part out, but I won't, but they're not the typical kind of soccer mom with like, who's had like, you know, 50 different surgeries or whatever. Sure. These are like women sweating, throwing weights around. Yeah. And it's awesome. I think it's such a great example. And I know that, you know, you know, when, being a dad and being a father of girls, especially in Southern California, man, they see so many images of women in their daily lives that are just like not super healthy. 
So I love, yeah. I love bringing them there because they can see women working and sweating and, you know, and, and, you know, just being super yeah. strong, which is great. I think it's just fantastic. Yeah. One uh, thing I'll, one thing I'll definitely say on that, cause I'm sure a lot of your, a lot of your listeners are going to be thinking like, Oh yeah, these women are just tossing weights around. They're probably huge and super buff and all this stuff. Cause that's something that we get all the time. You know, we get people that come in they're like, Oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to lift heavy weights and get huge and all that stuff. And I think you can, mm-hmm. you can see that you have these women in here that are working really hard, right. but they don't reflect that. They're not, they're not huge, you know, muscular individuals. Uh, now, why is that? I actually don't know. Like, why is that? Cause, you, because that's a very good point because the women I've seen at your well, place are, are just, they're super lean and super strong. Like they look yeah. great. Uh, and well, by the way, I, I always, always want to be huge. Person. Yeah. That's I always tell folks this, I say, you know, your body type is always going to re- remain your body type. It's like, you know, like you said in the beginning, you know, I'm about six, three, six, three and a half and a little bit longer, more slender. It's like that, even though I've been doing this stuff for quite a long time, like that's always going to remain my body type. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's true as well for the, for the women. I mean, you might have some, some, uh, body composition changes there as you go through the training, and, uh, you know, obviously the other pieces that we like to educate about, whether it be the, the lifestyle issues and stuff like that, those all play a, play a factor. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you see these women that are, they're strong, but they're not, they're not like big individuals, not like these, you know, huge yeah, people that are coming to our gyms or whatever. So let me, let me add to that too, that, you know, I think the perception around women within CrossFit is, is kind of laid out just based upon what people see in the media, whether sure, it be yeah. on, whether it's on ESPN or if it's on, um, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But the, you know, the reality around that is that those, those individuals are genetic, genetically outliers relative to the general population. And there may be like one, one woman in a single facility that has the genetic potential to even like be muscular and whatnot, just based upon the, the differences in hormones from men to women um, and then how much they put into it, like, you know, people, people who are coming trained at our facility are not professional athletes who are willing to dedicate seven hours a day to eating, sleeping, you know, being recovering, training, all those things. Um, and the people that are most visible within the media are those athletes that are, at, are the, you know, 1% of 1% who are able to dedicate all those things to it. And so the, just the reality is, is that women aren't going to, yeah, after three, you know, three months of training going to all of a sudden blow up, which is funny because that's oftentimes the you know, the misconception that men are going to are worried about that they're going to shrivel away if they stop, you know, uh, doing chest day four days a week and, and hitting the bicep curls and whatnot, you know, it just doesn't happen that way. Right. Right. Yeah, well, that's, good. that's not going to happen to me. Right. Like as long as I keep no, doing yeah. chest day, that should be, you're, you're going to get you to stay huge. All those things. Yeah. You know, good. So All what the, are the, so that brings up a good point. So what are some of the other, you know, what are some of the other myths about CrossFit? Like, I mean, when I was first starting to look at CrossFit, I can tell you, you know, I tried a couple of different places. I tried one right down the street for me. Uh, in Encinitas and it very, it was very material, material, military based. Wow. Militaristic? <laughs> militaristic. Is that what you're going yeah, for? <laughs> I was trying to say militaristic, but I clearly couldn't. And unfortunately, it's coming out. It's not really a way to edit that out. So, oh well. Yeah. Um, and they, and they were like really hardcore. And, and I've heard, I just heard, you know, numerous things about CrossFit when I was first looking at it and all the people yeah. telling me like the different things about it. So what are the biggest myths that you think? Like what, what is the general public? Yeah, I would say probably the the biggest one is definitely um, that if you're going to do CrossFit, you're going to get injured. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest one, the the one that we hear the most. 
Um, I would say just to kind of nip that in the bud, the reality is that we get folks with very different circumstances that come to us with very different experiences. Like you're saying, you know, you're, you came in with all this history of, of athletics and sports that you compete in plenty of, of injuries and other things that you've had in your lifetime up until this point. And then you come into our setting and we're like, okay, we're going to take you through a functional full range of motion and all these different exercises that we're doing. And if you can't do those things, then there's an issue, right? right. So whatever, whatever your past and your previous experiences have led you to, it's like, well, now you can't do a full depth squat and you can't do these simple movements um, that you should be able to do. Right. Right. So I think that's that's probably the, the biggest issue is that people don't realize that they're coming into a, a situation where they do need to be able to apply their um, their body to be able to do these full ranges of motion and they can't do it. And then they have injuries that arise. They have, you know, kind of roadblocks and stuff. And it's because of not addressing those initial problems. Interesting. And so. I remember like when I when I first started to I make mean, because you guys do the onboarding where yeah. it's what is it, it's five classes or six classes six classes yeah so can you explain that process can you guys explain that process a little bit because this was this was awesome I love yeah. it you know you know for us it kind of make it's about making sure that whenever somebody new integrates into a group training class that that they're going to walk in and not going to you know a be a be putting themselves in a situation where they're going to get hurt or something like that, which does mean they have to be familiar and, and know how to perform movements properly. But quite frankly, like some people literally don't have the physical tools, whether it be a, a you know a mobility or flexibility limitation, or if their spine's been you know welded welded into a straight line, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Who's, who, who are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, but but the bottom line is you have to make sure that people are, are physically able to perform movements properly. And so we're, you know, we're totally open to having conversations with someone saying like, Hey, you know, I don't know if group classes are going to be a good way for you to go for the, for a while as we got to, we got to dial in a, B and C before you're not going to be a risk to yourself. And so I think being, being, being willing and open to having that kind of conversation yeah. um, is really key in order to, uh, to keep people safe. So typically, typically it is six one-on-one sessions. And then like Blake was saying, if it's necessary that you do more, then you do more. And uh, until you feel like you can integrate into the classes or if that's something where it's, it's not within your goals and what you want to do or it's not really appropriate, then maybe you don't go to the group classes at all and you stay with the one-on-one setting. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I, remember, I remember when I did it, I was like, I remember the first time you said, um, grab a PVC pipe, you know, yeah. and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And then I remember like you guys, you know, doing an air, you know, saying, okay, do an air squat. And I did an air squat. And I remember thinking like, okay, like when are we going to move on to actually using weight? And I, and I think that's some of the beauty and some of the genius of your place is that you really don't start using weight until you have the motion just down perfectly or as perfectly yeah. as you can get it. And I think that so many other places, cause I've been to several other places and, you know, up and down California when I've traveled and tried other CrossFit gyms and, Man, they just throw you right in, and they they sure. they don't look at your form at all, and it's just kind of like you're just going. And, yeah. And I can say, you know, I've been doing this for just about a year, and I've never gotten injured working out at your place. I've been injured doing other things. I've been injured playing football. I've been injured, you know, playing basketball or whatever. But I've never hurt myself in your gym, and I think it's a testament to the onboarding and the coaching that you guys do. You know, I really think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. I had a comment on 
really quick if I could. I just think yeah, that like training training really should build resiliency. It shouldn't be something that breaks someone somebody down. And if you're consistently getting broken down by it, then you should take a good hard look at at what you're doing and make an adjustment because it, it really should be something that helps to kind of build that tolerance and allow you to do other stuff. And if it's not providing that, then then you're doing something wrong, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So how would you guys say, because I'm sure you've been to other CrossFit gyms all over the place and you go to the games and everything else, but yeah. how, how are you guys different as a gym? How is CrossFit society different than the other ones you see out there? Well, I would say that you just kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, I mean, we're definitely big believers in, in laying the, the foundation first for everybody. And we really pride ourselves on getting to know each and one of our athletes and knowing them really well. So we can know you know, kind of what limitations they have, their strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. And then we're not, we're not afraid to really kind of adapt to those situations. If they need to be doing something else or something's not appropriate for the, for the individual and they should be doing something different. Um, you know, we're really not afraid to, to be hands on and, 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 you know, give them more of a individual approach. Is it, you guys, is that something you guys <clears throat> talked about before you started the gym or is that just something that organically developed? You know, I think, I think it really is kind of ingrained in, into our attitudes towards, you know, fitness and, and, and recognizing that everyone is really different and has, has very different, you know, athletic or not, you know, lack of athletic backgrounds when they come to us and, and people really are a product of what they do day in, day out. Um, and so it, it's kind of come, come organically in the sense that that just, it fits really well with our ideology on how it should be performed, uh, or, you know, working out should, should be done. Um, yeah. you know, in our, um, our goal really isn't to, to find out what the limits of our clients are or what our athletes, what, you know, find figuring out what those limitations are. It's, it's, you know, identifying them and then addressing them properly. So, yeah. you know, we don't want our athletes laying down on the floor every single day of the week. There may be a time and place for that type of thing. Um, but making sure that people are moving well and getting stronger in the, you know, positions of limitation is really key. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's so true. Yeah. It's funny. It's, um, I could definitely, you could definitely see the pattern in the programming. Actually, could you talk about the programming a little bit, how you guys came up with that, you know, sort of the three week model and what your philosophy is around that? Yeah. So we have, we, we have a currently like a six week model basically, um, where Blake and I will write out the programming, um, for the different groups. So we have two different groups that we do. We have more of a, uh, what we call a fitness program and then we have a performance program. And really what it comes down to, it's, you know, it's, it's in line with all the things that we're saying, whether it be, you know, we have people come into our gym and they have different backgrounds and goals and things like that. Um, it goes the same way with the programs, right? So, um, based on, based on your goals and what you're trying to accomplish in our, in our facility, that kind of, that kind of reflects which program you're going to be, you're going to be following. Um, and then, so I would say fitness is based around creating some, uh, some, you know, foundations of strength and structural balance, um, clearing up any imbalances or, you know, mobility issues and things like that. Um, and, and kind of creating a well-rounded fitness program and then also having just the general kind of physical preparedness in terms of, um, you know, so you can go outside and apply those things to sport or whatever else, you know, you want to do outside of the gym. So there's also that, that take on it as well. And, then, um, and do you look back on it and say like, okay, we did bench pressing in the last one. So we're going to do something different for chest in this one. Or is it, cause it seems super. Yeah, that's, that's completely laid out. So basically every, cool. every, every six weeks, 
we kind of alter our template. We have templates that we, we write up, um, for that, for that cycle. And okay. then, uh, we'll kind of alter that based on, you know, based on the group and kind of where we, where we see the, the group is at and kind of where we see the, the goals are at and the direction we want to take it with that, with the group. So that's cool. That's cool. And do you see a big difference between the groups in terms of people who come? Cause I've come in the morning. I've come <clears throat> a couple of times at lunch and I come in the afternoon now. I mean, is there, is there a huge difference between the, the, the people who come at the different times? Uh, to, to a certain extent, I'd say that's true. Um, it certainly varies from time to time. I do think that you'll see like some characteristics that are common of people that work out 6 a.m. really early in the morning, just in that those folks generally have busy jobs that are going to keep them, keep them, you know, tied up until late at night. Or those folks have kids and they can't get out of, you know, they can't get out of the obligations with that later on in the day, oftentimes. Right. There's folks that are, folks that are able to either come on the lunch break or, um, you know, come in, come in in the evening up until 730. It's just a, there's just kind of an expectation that there might be different circumstances in their, in, in their lifestyle and whatnot, which is all good. And, but you do see some differences from, from place to place and you just kind of have to embrace that and, and recognize that everyone has different purposes in being there. Right. Right. right on. That's one thing. That's one thing we tried to do in the past was, uh, you know, try to predict some of those, those trends and stuff. And we realized over time that it's very unpredictable, right. in terms of, you know, when, when the classes are going to be crowded. I mean, obviously people have different, they have varying schedules and, and stuff like that. So we just try to be as flexible as possible, basically. Yeah. And I would say your class, your classes are usually not that crowded. I mean, I went to a CrossFit place when I was in San Francisco and there were like 15 people in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I did one in, in Phoenix and they were, I think there were 20 people in there. I don't know that I've ever been in a, one of your classes where there's been more than eight, nine people, unless it's like actually, you know, the day after a holiday or something, you know, when, when people are home I and mean, it's, your classes are great. I mean, usually pretty. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we, ca- we cap them. We cap them at, uh, at 15 and you know it, it just goes in line with what we're trying to uh create in our environment you know in terms of having more of the more of the one-on-one attention the kind of the hands-on attention to detail in terms of the movement quality and all that stuff and it's just it's something that's important to us so we realize that you know if we stuff the place full of 20 people per class please don't um yeah it would just it would diminish the service you know and the quality of the service so um it's more out of you know <clears throat> out of uh, our thought process and our respect for you guys and wanting to uh, keep the quality there. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So what do you, so a couple quicker questions for you. What do you like best about running this business? Like what, from the business side of it, what do you like best about it? And then also what are the biggest challenges you face? Yeah. Um, you know, I think and Eric, that- I know working with Blake was a big challenge. Don't say, <laughs> don't, don't say that one. You have to pick something else. <laughs> this um, is battle we face every day. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good question. And like, it's, you know, I, I was kind of going through some of the questions that, that you were getting, going to be getting ready to ask us yesterday. And it was, a uh, it's nice to reflect back on those things. And every time I, I do reflect back on them, cause there, you know, there's certainly challenges in running a small business as I'm sure every small business owner goes through and, right. and, you know, working the logistics and all that stuff. Um, but I, you know, I believe so strongly in fitness and just what it can do for people and, and how much it can, it can improve people's lives and lose confidence and all those things. Um, and so it's really rewarding to, to get to be in that environment and the people that we work with, you know, are dedicated to this type of thing. You know, it's there, they've proved that they pay us, they pay us their hard, hard earned money in order to come and work with us in that, in that environment. So it's really, uh, you know, I get a lot of gratitude out of, out of getting to be in that environment. And, you know, most of our, my clients are really enjoyable, 
enjoyable people to be around. So I get to spend most of my waking hours around, you know, awesome folks and whatnot. That's cool. Um, with, with that said, there are, there are challenges and, you know, just running a, running a small business, it sometimes feels like Eric and I are putting on a play that, that goes on six days a week where we're having to run around behind <laughs> us, uh, six classes a day, six shows a day, six days a week or whatever. Right. Right. So you now there's a lot of running around behind the, the scenes that goes on in order to try to make this place move, smooth, uh, you know, smooth, smoothly, but it's all worth it in the end. And, and, you know, I think beyond that, the, the truly the biggest challenge is when you want, you want somebody to progress more than they want themselves. Like it's, it, you put so much into to each individual athlete and client and you can't really want this stuff for them. Right. Um, and so when I have people who are dedicated and they, they show the interest in putting in the extra work and, and making progress, like, you know, I'll give them everything that, that I have in order to help them see that improvement. But it's, it's challenging when, when people aren't as invested as you are, you know? Yeah. It seems like that would be almost impossible. It's hard to, yeah. you know, my coaching, when I've coached people, it's like, it's hard to coach somebody if they don't want to be coached or if they don't want to, if they don't want to work, yeah. Yeah. if they just yeah. want you to do the work, then it's just like, well, shit, why are you here? Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is a kind of a bummer. What about you, Eric? What are the, what are the, uh, from yeah, your perspective? Say, you know, I would say, um, the biggest challenge for us, it actually probably piggybacks off, you know, what we enjoy most. And that's kind of the, um, you know, the coaching side of things and, and educating folks and just, you know, being on the preventive side of health. Um, but that for us, like we're so passionate about that side of things that it almost makes it tougher to focus on the business sometimes because there's so many other aspects that go into it because, you know, like Blake said, we're, we're, we're wearing all these different hats at all times. And so not only do you have to focus on the coaching and the service that you're providing, but also, um, you know, marketing yourselves and, you know, making sure your message is getting out there and it's clear and all these other aspects that are just tough, you know, in terms of running a business. And so I would say that in terms of being the biggest challenge, it's probably that aspect because we, we do get so focused and, and, uh, caught up because we're so passionate about the fitness side. Right. That, um, you know, allowing ourselves to schedule the time to focus on the business as well and make sure that, you know, we're getting our, our brand out there and, and people, you know, um, can recognize us and find us and things like that, because we obviously want to keep growing. And it's something that that we are doing organically, like it's still happening. So it's a good thing. Um, but at the same time, we just have to always kind of focus on on all the uh, different aspects. So it's, yeah. I mean, as you know, it's tough when you're you know, an entrepreneur and yeah, you you're kind running of the whole thing, you're running the whole thing. I mean, like, and to your point, to Blake's point, it's like, you know, so if I'm having a rough day, if I have half a cold or whatever, I yeah. can just go in my office and do emails, sit in the back, you know, yeah. just not respond to phone calls and close yeah. my office door. When you guys are having that, you can't do that because you've got yeah. people lifting heavy weight. So you can't have yeah, to be focused all the yeah, time. You can't have an off day when like, if I'm doing like a front squat or something like, you know, you know, I, I think that's, you know, from my perspective of being in there and seeing the, the kind of hours that you guys put in, I, you know, I see that I say, Jesus, that, that, that seems like it would be the toughest thing is like, you just, yeah. you're just always on, like you just yeah, yeah. You can't be off, you know, when you're, yeah, that's people. definitely, I mean, that's definitely a side of it. There's, there's definitely days where, you know, both of us, we kind of get home and you have a long day of coaching and, uh, you know, you're just drained. You just, you feel like you're a zombie just kind of melting into your couch or whatever, right. you know, <laughs> you're kind of, you're kind of, you know, useless to the world. Um, but then again, um, you know, day in and day out, it's just the, the reward that we get from helping folks, you know, it makes it, makes it worthwhile. Um, 
And, and once again, like it doesn't really feel like a job, you know, in terms of like, like Blake said, we get to hang out with awesome people and we're fortunate that our, our clients here are really awesome. Like they truly are. Right. Um, so that makes it, that makes it so much easier. You know what I mean? Because basically it just feels like we're hanging out all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you guys always, yeah, it seems like that. No. So, all right. So what's it like, you know, cause you guys have known each other since you were five or however, however old, what's it like yeah. being in business with your best friend? Like, what's that like? You know, it's, it's pretty awesome. Just, just in that, like very few people are in a position where they get to kind of carry on a relationship into a, into adulthood, the same, to the same extent that Eric and I have been able to. And I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't remember meeting Eric because we grew up literally down the street from each other. I think we were probably still in diapers and whatnot yeah. you know, when our parents, when our parents met. And, and so it's, it's pretty, pretty cool for us that, you know, we were best friends growing up. You know, Eric was always part of my family. We, our families still have, you know, Christmas Eve together and, and those types of things. Like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome that we, we continue to have a, a relationship that's not like, you know, catching up every, every six months or whatever over the phone, but we're still kind of evolving and growing together. And, you know, I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. This is definitely the, this is definitely the first time that we've kind of been in that setting where, you know, cause before, before that, like, even though we did grow up right next to each other, we never went to the same school. Which yeah, was very, why is why is that? It's very one very of these... strange. It's like we never went to the same school ever, even though we were in the same districts and everything. It's just that you know, uh, is one of you uh, way way smarter parents... than the other one, and like someone else? <laughs> yeah, guess who? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, how did that happen? How did you never go to the same school? Just, well, like the open enrollment part programs. Of, yeah, it was just the uh, schools that we nothing too crazy. Part of the reason too is we both had both had older brothers who are the same age as well. And, oh, okay. uh, they went to different schools as well. So based on the experiences there and stuff, like our parents just kind of, you know, would go based off of that and everything. So it was just the way it kind of played I out. Think, I think it was, may have been a conspiracy because the school, <laughs> schools know like it. it would have burned to the ground. Had we both been at the same oh, school man. together. Yeah. And, yeah, and it sounded like that would have been the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so leading into the position now, this is, this is honestly the first time that we've been in a situation where, we're together like, you know, pretty much every day and kind of working towards the same goal and everything. So it's, it's a pretty cool, you know, aspect. And, you know, I, I really enjoy it. And I'd say that, um, it works so well for us because in a lot of ways we are very much the same person. You know, I know, uh, so good looking, <laughs> humble. You forgot humble. I know, uh, Blake, yeah. Blake's fiance, Jess has mentioned mul- multiple times. So she's like, you know, she says it all the time. She's like, you guys just like are the same person. It creeps me out. And, uh, it's kind of true, you know, in terms of, in terms of our, our, uh, you know, our, our lifestyles and passions and things that things that we like to focus on and stuff. But then at the same time, our personalities are completely opposite. Yes. You know, so it, it, it kind of, it kind of makes for a nice, for a nice balance. Um, it's awesome. It's like a good marriage. I mean, I always say like a good marriage (laughs) and I, and I mean this and I'm actually not joking when I say that, but like I say that about myself and my wife, it's like our yeah. value, our, va- our value systems are so similar and are in lockstep with each other, very similar to you and Blake, yeah, that yeah. even though we don't have a ton in common and we have completely different personalities, she's way cooler than I am, as you both probably yeah. can surmise. Um, it just works because the values yeah. are in lockstep. And it's the same thing with you guys. It seems like you're va- you guys believe 
so strongly in what you do and your values are so similar. Yeah. You have different personalities, but it, it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very few marriages last 26 years or whatever. So if you don't consider <laughs> the time I Eric have been together for 26 years, I think we're doing pretty good. Very, yeah. very, very cool. All right. So two more questions for you. Yeah. Tell me who your heroes are. You can't use your parents. Sorry. Who are your heroes and why? Give me one or two each. Blake, you go first. Uh, all right. Blake, well, don't, don't just say me. I mean, Jim Simcoe, me. biggest hero ever. Bench, the guy, bench pressing seen, machine. Have you guys seen that guy bench press? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Incredible. Um, you know, I, I, I can't, I was kind of thinking about this last night and I'd never really thought about like, who are my heroes? And, you know, obviously the, the ones like your parents and, and Eric's, Eric's here with me. Those people that have been around in your life for, for a long time and really strongly influenced you right. are important. I, you know, I get, I get inspired all the time by, you know, shit, shit that's posted on Instagram and Facebook and little, you know, amazing feats that are, that are out there and whatnot. Right. But I don't know that, I, that I would call them like my hero per se. Um, I was thinking about this a little bit more and I think that, you know, within that, like growing up, my older brother was probably the person I looked up to the most yeah. just cause you know, he's, he's, we share a lot in common in terms of our like attributes. He's very athletic. He's very outgoing and, and things like that. And I think I always looked up to that. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know whether it's just that we share the same, you know, genetic code. And so we share those characteristics or if it, because I always looked up to him, um, he's four years four years older than myself, if, if that really, you know, rubbed off on me or whatever the case is. But right. I think growing up, my older brother probably would fit that better than just about anyone else. Hmm. Um, you know, to this day, I don't, I don't think I would look at my brother straight in the face and say, you're my hero. Um, <laughs> I suggest but, you don't do that. Like, probably, he was probably a big influence on, you know, the person that I wanted to be, you know, that's as cool. a kid. That's super cool. That's super cool. Eric, what about you? Yeah. You know, that's, I'm, I'm probably in a similar realm in terms of just the way we were brought up um, and raised from our parents and everything. It was very, you know, very disciplined in terms of, of having good, good values and kind of, you know, working hard and, and getting taking care of all your your uh, your chores, your tasks and stuff and all that stuff before you play, and all, you know, things like that. Um, and so that, those things were always kind of ingrained to us in terms of the parenting um, in terms of any specific hero, like growing up for me, you know, I, I always had more like, um, I guess professional athletes that I kind of looked up to in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, that's just kind of what I focused my, my energy and my efforts on a lot when I was younger. I was just, I was very, uh, very focused on, on competing and, uh, and, who, you know, who did you getting like? better at sports. You ever, you ever seen Jason Williams throw a behind the pack back pass, Jim? Yes. Man. Yes, insane. He's yeah. from and he's from yeah. Sacramento, which they have a basketball That's team right. in Sacramento. That's right, white chocolate. White chocolate. Uh, but no, for me, like um, I would say, when I was younger, I yeah, big one was was Tiger Woods, which is kind of tainted yeah. nowadays. <laughs> uh, but well, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, he he's a big Bill Cosby fan too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate saying that now because it's just uh, you know it's reflected <laughs> for light nowadays, but. Um, but no, but like, uh, you know, just, just in terms of it, there's certain things you can take from people like that in terms of the work yeah. ethic. Like I know, uh, I can even recall when I was, when I was in like middle school, I did a project on, on Tiger Woods. Um, and, uh, his work ethic was insane. Like the dude would get up at four 30 in the morning every day and he'd go and lift weights and work out for two hours. And then he'd go in and practice and do some like more basic, like 
kind of foundational skill stuff for golf. And then he'd go and play 18 holes. And then he'd go hit the, the range afterwards and keep practicing again. And then maybe like a little evening, like workout again. So like his work ethic was just incredible. Yeah. And just- that's something that, that's something that always like stuck out to me, uh, in terms of, um, you know, just kind of being a role, role model and something that I like looked up to, um, in terms of just, you know, how I wanted to approach, approach my own, uh, endeavors and athletics and whatnot. So, um, that's cool. that's cool. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, I mean, no matter, you know, no matter what, whatever he texted somebody, you know, on his phone or whatever he did, you got to go and just sour it. You got to yeah, go. And just well, make no, it but happen. I mean, in, in all honesty, like if you separate the, you know, the athlete from whatever happened, I mean, there's no denying that guy was a stud and probably still is a stud athlete largely yeah. based on the work that he, you know, the work that he put in. I mean, it just, it's like Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan did the yeah. same thing. He used to lift like three hours before a game and then he'd shoot, you know, 500 shots after, you know, after games. So it's like, you just put that kind of work in, you're going to end up being like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or, you know, Tiger Woods. Yeah. You just, like you don't get to that. You don't get to that spot unless you, you realize, um, you know, there is a process and you kind of love the process and you put in the, you put in the work, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, I think there's definitely a, a smart way to go about it. Um, but it's always kind of, you know, it's always kind of resonated with me. So, um, yeah. All right. Last question for you guys. So in your opinion, so this podcast is all about making your life epic, right? So for you, sure. Sure. So tell me, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me one thing in your opinion Tell me the key, the biggest key to making life epic in your opinion. Dude, how are you going to put these like, like Dude, arbitrary, dropping arbitrary, a bomb. <laughs> all day. Hey, Hey Blake, just load, I've got, load I've, got a series, I've got a series of events that have to take place. Um, <laughs> the first, the first thing is a series of three, right. identify what's important to you and what, like basically what you want your life to look like. Once you've done that, develop a, a crystal clear understanding of what is required to create that life. So I don't care whether you're into fitness or you're into bench press or whatever you want your life to look, look like, figure out how you can make that happen. And then from there, just, just execute, like don't, you know, cut out all the unnecessary bullshit and see, see that plan through. Um, and if you can do those things, then you're pretty much going to create whatever life you, that you want to live, you know, for yourself. And I think that'll lead to a lot of happiness. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think, I think it really starts just to, to uh, build on that a little bit. It really starts with uh, kind of just really laying out um, what's most important to you initially and kind of finding your priorities. And, you know, I think if you, if you kind of think back and, uh, you know, think about where you spend most of your time or, or what kind of gets you jazzed up and, and things that you really get excited about, um, then you can kind of truly you know, see where you should be focusing your attention and, and kind of what you should be planning to, you know, to execute. So can I, can I make one note on that? Of so course, I, was, I was thinking about this yesterday and, and sometimes when I get stressed out about that around here, you know, we're dealing with, you know, whatever, whatever stupid little things come up and running a small business. Um, I think about what, what would 15 year old Blake look at 26 year old Blake's life and be like, you know, how's he doing? And I think back on that, and I think that that 15 year old Blake would think that 26 year old Blake is freaking crushing it. Like, big time. Big time. <laughs> you guys are for your age. I'm interrupting both of you right now. 
for yeah. your age, it is insane how mature you are, what good guys you are, and how much you are crushing it. I, you, you, you get, and the, the, the sad thing is, is neither one of you guys has any clue about that because you're not my age. So I'm 45. I see you guys at 26 and I compare that to what I was like at 26, which we're definitely not going to talk about here. Um, you guys are killing it. Absolutely killing it. Yeah. Absolutely you know, appreciate that. You know, I, I think about that and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, you know, all day, every day, Eric and I, my best friend, since we were in, you know, pooping our, pooping our pants and, <laughs> and Eric was calling his mom, calling his mom at one in the morning because he was sleeping over and wanted to go home or whatever the case yeah. may be. Oh, like, you're I'm, dropping that now? Wow. Like, sounds scary, man. I like, bet it was. Scary. <laughs> no, like, we're, I get to run a business with my best friend. You know, I'm, I'm getting married in six months to the girl I've been in love with since I was 16 years old. You know, I, and I do exactly what I want to do every day. So it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. That's so cool. That's hopefully, cool. hopefully we don't go the opposite route, you know, and, and we're, we're <laughs> We're here at 26, and then by the time we get to, to 45, man, we're just like pieces of yeah. shit. Yeah. You're, like, you're like fat, and you're like, oh, God, I'd love to play golf, but I can't move. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, that's awesome. All right, so tell us, uh, tell me your website. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so website is uh, CrossFitSociety.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram as well, Facebook, um, CrossFit Society, Instagram. Instagram and Twitter are just at CrossFit Society. Uh, and if you are interested in uh, finding out some more information about our program, the best way to do that is just to to contact us, uh, through our email. What we usually like to do is set up a time for people to come in, sit down with us in a one-on-one setting. We don't like to have folks just come and try out classes for all the the reasons we've just kind of, uh, gone through as far as making sure we know everyone and what they're capable of beforehand. But we, we would love to sit down with you and and just find out what you're all about and see what we can do together. Right on. Right on. Well, thank you guys so much. Which Eric, what were you going to say? I was going to say they can also find that that information on the website. So if they just go on there, there's there's a free consultation form or contact form. They can fill out that stuff there, and and uh, then we'll get in contact with them. Right on, right on. Well, thank you guys so much. This is awesome. I love you guys. I appreciate it, and I will see you at four thirty today because it is <laughs> it yeah, is bench day. It's fun. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, buddy. thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Make Life Epic podcast. Check us out online at makelifeepic.com. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Look forward to talking to you soon.